I met, like, I thought I trained hard, like, you know, five, 10 years ago. And at that time, I was in my mind and, you know, perceivably, I was training hard. But uh, that me from back then trying to do a workout from today, it, it wouldn't be the same, to yeah. be quite honest with you. Like, mm-hmm. And I think it takes time to build up, like, that, that ability to push yourself that far. Hey everybody, welcome to It's Just Bodybuilding. Of course, my co-host Dusty Hanshaw, Scott McNally, our producer, and guest today, Rough Diesel, Terrence Ruffin. What's going on, man? Hey, how you guys doing? Thanks for having me. Um, life's pretty busy. I got a new puppy here. He's He didn't oh want to be left God. alone. So yeah, what exactly awesome. you got there? How big is he going to get? Not big. This is a, a mini Australian Shepherd. He'll oh wow! Like, uh, Thirty-five pounds, yeah. Right. Wow, amazing. Awesome. Those are high-energy dogs, aren't they? It's not. Yeah, my my uh, my wife. Um, she she uh, is the high-energy one. So oh. she'll be, <laughs> <laughs> good, good. She'll do the walking then, and all of that. I'm sure. Yes. Well, it's a it's a dog-friendly show. We have we, we have many dogs on many laps on this show, so it's all it's all good. We welcome the dog edition. Yes. Remember, everybody, like, share, subscribe, comment, and ring the bell. Good there job, you Dusty. go. And yes. remember, podcast is sponsored by Mutants. So go to iammutant.com uh, and use my code BigRon20 or Dusty20 and get yourself 20% off. Okay. So you're one of the few people who's been on the show twice now. Really? really? That's yeah. Really cool. So it's good yeah. to have you. It's good this to have you. Awesome, For some yeah. reason, when Ron and Dusty have someone on, they're like, well, we already had them on. You know, we're done. We move oh, on now. Okay. care about them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Old news. Use Yo, them it's once. It's been a couple a years, day. so it should be good. <laughs> yeah. A lot's changed since no, then, A lot's man. happened. Hell yeah. 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 So I know you wanted to talk some about business today, and I'm looking forward to hearing that because I know you've been really invested in that. Um, before we did, I wanted to ask about the Olympia and mm-hmm. you know what happened there. What what did you take home from that, and what does that mean for your direction in bodybuilding moving forward? Because I know, I know you're you're not doing the Arnold this year, right? Right. So. Um no Arnold this year. Basically, you know, I felt like I've been in this situation before where uh, I've I've kind of hit this um this 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 new level of um of competition, you know, in my career. And then I'm there for like a moment and then I kind of drop that back down a bit. Um, you know, same reason I took off in 2019 was because I, I moved from ninth to sixth place and then back down to ninth place. So um, I'm kind of, I would say, like, um, not used to it, but I'm aware of, like, this could happen. Um, yeah. And it doesn't really bother me all that much because, you know, if you follow bodybuilding, you know, for a number of years, you'll see people throughout their career kind of go up and go down and go up. I mean, Brandon Curry, Rami, Rami, um, Hadi Chupan, all, you know, Mr. Olympias at this point, and all of them have placed – all over the place throughout their careers, you know. So um, it doesn't really bother me all that much. It does kind of, you know, I'm obviously pissed in the moment, like, oh, shit, you know, I'll, you never want to do worse than you did before. But as in terms of, like, <clears throat> career-wise and what I'm capable of, it, it doesn't really change a whole lot. Right on. Uh, 
basically, you know, after any show that I do, um, I like to go back and look at photos and see, you know, where I can improve and what can be done to elevate my physique at the next show. And it's a little weird for me. Um, <clears throat> you know, normally I like to listen to the judges um, and I'm aware that each judge is going to have a different opinion. Uh, and when I spoke to one of them, they said, okay, you need to show up uh, tighter at the night show. So, huh. you know, that was my goal. I did that. Unfortunately, the I don't think the night show was judged. So, um, but after looking at photos, I, I was pretty on par with my showing last year at the Olympia, even maybe a, a tad bit better. Okay. Personally, I think the biggest difference was um, a lot of the guys were growing a lot quicker than me, which is typically the case. You know, um, so moving forward, I want to get a little bit bigger. And um, obviously, the bigger I get, you know, with the, the weight limit, the tighter I have to be regardless. Yeah. <laughs> and um, come back um, improved later this year. Cool. Yeah, because, uh, you know, well, man, you know, I'm like the biggest fan of you. You're you're my favorite <laughs> classic guy. I always tell everybody that. And uh, I, I, I was concerned personally because I was like, oh, shit, I hope that. I hope that this doesn't like knock you that you didn't do as well because you, I mean, you're an Arnold champ now, you know, and it's like to, like you said, you always want to try to at least stay where you were. And I, I I think that that sounds like a, I don't know, it sounds like a a great perspective to me because I feel like the great thing about bodybuilding competition is it'll, it, it gives us a catalyst outside of ourselves that will make us strive to do better than we had before, you know? And I feel like that that excites me that to see that what it sounds like you're saying is you're going to use this to come back even better. You're a young guy, you know, and you've got plenty of room on the scale. Like, what did you come at come in at weight wise? And what is your your cap? So it's confusing. Uh, I think they should do something about the weight limits. But I'm right at that a height where um, by like. Depending on the show, I can be a different different. um you know, I can have a different weight cutoff. So um, the past three shows, my weight cutoff has been 180, which is like five five and one fourth. Okay. Um, this was the first year in two and a half years where it was less. It was lower back down to 175. So. Oh really? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, personally, I would love it if they would measure it, height us once. Yeah. Regardless if I was 175 or 180. Just so people, you know, kind of know what they're they're walking into, you know, the day of the show instead of weighing in and then having to run up and down the escalator for like, you know, 10, 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, but but uh, I'm just going to go into it with the belief that, uh, you know, 180 is still my cutoff. And um, if that's the case, then I have about like five pounds uh, of tissue that I can add. But I, I, I've seen a lot of guys suck down a lot harder. I mean, especially when you're in amateur ranks, you know, trying to make a weight, you know, for a different height, you know, a different weight class in bodybuilding. Yeah. People drop 10, 15 pounds easy. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, <clears throat> I could see that. So did that happen here? Did you, did you end up needing to pull down last minute for this show? Yeah. I was on the escalator outside the, uh, <laughs> the room jogging up, jogging up the escalator. Uh, how, did, yeah. how did I miss that, guys? I was there. I feel like I needed to be there. I would have been like your, you know, Rocky coach. I would have stood on, it was the, fun. It on was the stairs, kind of fun. the standard stairs next to you. And I'd just be like, go, Terrence, go. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, I had to do that this year. Um, that makes but sense. It is, then. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you? Did anybody see you? Was there anybody who was like, "Oh my God, that's Terrence Ruffin"? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, people were walking up and down the escalator. I was asking them, you know, hey, you know, excuse me, excuse me. Um, You're going the wrong way up the escalator. Just sitting on it like a stairmaster. (laughs) Yeah, so a lot of people, a lot of people saw. That's amazing, man. How did I not hear this until now? So, uh, yeah. yeah, anyway, and, and feel free to jump in, Ron or Dusty, anytime you guys had something. I just, I could keep talking, though. Um, I I, uh, I guess, so from there, I just want to ask you training-wise then, because I know, I know that, you know, we had talked a lot about training a couple years ago, um, and I would love to hear your perspectives on it now, because I know that, you know, two, one, two years, that's a long time to develop. Can you tell us a little bit about your philosophy like going into growing several pounds of muscle on, you know, an advanced physique. Like, what it, what is your, what's your, your philosophy going to look like? Um, right now we're just in a health phase. Um, training is actually pretty low, lower than it's, it's honestly ever been. Uh, you know, guys like Ronnie and all of those guys would just take months off. Uh, I'm not a fan of that. I'm not in a position to do something like that either. But I'm um, training just three times a week right now. Uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, uh, push full legs. And on leg day, we do um, some arms as well, since that's kind of a weakness of mine to keep those up. And since, you know, quads are pretty much a strength, so they don't need a ton of, they don't need much volume at all, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of that, though, um, this time I really, I really want to be very meticulous in like, um, tracking things, you know, um, to make sure things are working and progressing like they need to. So, um, a lot of the same things, you know, progressive overload, you know, just pushing the, the weight as much as I can really. Um, and not only that, just making sure I'm really connected to the muscle as well. In the past, I've been a little bit more focused on just moving the weight up and down. And at the same time where I have on the surface, good form, intentions mm-hmm. like what i'm doing internally isn't quite <clears throat> where i want it to be hmm. um so really focusing in on things like that like those really subtle cues that you can't typically see you know a person doing but you can feel if you're doing it yourself mm-hmm. um and but the metrics i'm tracking you know i i've been tracking you know my you know all my my body fat my lean um lean mass with the dexa scan they have one in town luckily nice um, some circumference, circumference measurements, and mm-hmm. uh, just just checking everything I can, you know, just to make sure that I'm putting on muscle where I need to be, and um, what I'm doing is actually working. I've never done that in the off season. I'm um, hmm. tracking all this stuff. I've done it during a prep. Um, University of Tampa. They had a case study um, uh, two years in a row where they tracked my tracked all this stuff with me during a prep, which is pretty cool. And uh, yeah. I don't lose any muscle in prep, which is nice. Um, hmm. I've always put on muscle a little bit slower, so I wanted to kind of see how things work on that end. Yeah. What are some exercises that, because I know you're very specific with what you're doing in the gym. I know your volume, you said your volume isn't very high right now. So you're you're picking, obviously, like real bang for your buck exercises, I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, what yeah. um, body part? I mean, it depends. So, like uh, with with legs, I typically do like hack squats. So, in, um, 
we had RDLs in, but I just some reason my body hates them. Like I always something my psoas always starts to pull. Like I pull it like every time. Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. This last prep I pulled it, and I couldn't like get myself off the couch without um, help for like two weeks. So I just kind of gave up on RDLs. Um, but you know, I normally I do half squat, seated uh, leg curl, um, leg press, and um, a leg extension. Um, back will do uh, like a chest supported row with your arms wider for upper back. We'll do a T bar mm-hmm. row with arms tight for lats, um, and then we get a bit of that um, that bracing in that in that lower back since I can't do those hip hinge movements. Hmm. That's kind mm-hmm. of a way for us to work our erectors. Um, we've actually been doing pull ups. I haven't. I've never really um, had pull ups in a program, but. Um, it's been working out okay um, recently, uh, and I've been able to progress just with my body weight going up post show, <laughs> so that's been nice. Right. Um, arms will do like just preacher curls. We'll do JM um, presses, <laughs> um, chest just in normal pressing movements. We'll do uh, incline press, a fly, a really high incline press as well for shoulders, delts, upper chest, so mm. things like that. Yeah. So just be, like what reason I'm ha- I'm I'm enjoying your list, and it's because <laughs> you know I I'm all about. I mean, we talk about it on the show here. Bang for your buck exercises, right? Being efficient mm-hmm. in the gym, you know, picking stuff that you can truly overload target muscles with. You know, I know there's 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 a lot of exercises out there, and when you talk to like the really high level guys like yourself, it's hacks. Presses, <laughs> preacher curls. You know, it's funny. Like, people always ask me, especially like hamstrings and stuff. They're like, "What's the best exercise for hamstrings?" I'm like, "There's only like three real <laughs> movements. There's like lying, seated, and the hip bends." You know, what I mean, like, what do you yeah. mean? Just do yeah. all of them. Yeah, you know? yeah, so. yeah, yeah. You know, with the, everything, they need something. We need something fancy for Instagram. Yeah, you know? yeah. I think, and then, and then you do have the odd thing. Like I know Joe's big on like you know setting the bench up for s- certain shoulder cable raises and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, you know, which looks fancy, but in reality, it, he, you're finding like the most basic lines of movement. Like for you're, sure. you're, you're, you're <clears throat> just using an, a really nice setup because you got the adjustable pulleys. You can set it up just perfect. But at the end of the day, it's you're doing a very basic movement in a yeah. very mm-hmm. very natural I, pattern you know there's nothing weird about it i think it. sometimes people get too hung up on like what's going on or like around the body when they should be you know focus on what the body is actually doing what the movement is like you're, you're still just raising your arm at the end of the day you know yeah it's, it's not yeah. like you said it's not super complicated you just you know line things up in a really nice way i, I, I wonder when you ask look you, the way that you oh, do God. people tend to think it's it's got to be more exact because you look at like just you know i mean and it, it's funny because your your physique is literally looks like it was built with a scalpel hmm. like every muscle is exactly where it's supposed to be just sharp enough i know like you i had to laugh like you were like my arms are weak and i'm like they are well i mean and i know what you mean like a comparison <laughs> but but yeah it's, it's why people want to complicate it with someone like you because they really do look and say he must be doing there's no way he's just doing hack squats. My quads don't look like that. You know what I mean? There, there's, there's, and it's also how you execute a movement. Like you said earlier, it's like, you know, this is something that I go over because I've been getting really into because of Ron, honestly, into real slow negatives on a lot of stuff. 
but there is a point yeah. where you're just slowing down the weight. You're not slowing it down with your quads. Hmm. So you have to like remind people that, you know what I mean? It's, it's finding that line where it's like, sure, you're doing a negative or whatever it is, but what is providing that slow? Because if it's your hips, it doesn't matter. Like you might as well just go faster, yeah. you know what I mean? So I think that that's probably why, because even people who are in the know, we want to believe you're doing something special so we can pretend that we could actually look like that. It makes us feel better. <laughs> you know it's crazy though like there is it's simple but then i see every now and again like um what what chris did with his back or what michaela did with her legs where people just mm-hmm. out of nowhere just blow up a muscle and it's it's really cool to see like um you know i kind of got like a first hand view on what michaela did and like she just trained legs she almost she almost trains like a wellness athlete now <laughs> right, it's pretty crazy. Where it's like legs three times a week, almost no no um upper body. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's it's pretty crazy. Okay. And it's, it's it's and I you know I've said this before, but it's like genetics. You know, sometimes you just like you you Uh-oh. you can picture your genetic you know cap or limit as like a door, and you know you could be doing something knocking on the door for years, but if you don't have the right key, you can't unlock that door. And then, you know, Michaela's been lifting 10 years or so, and then she finally finds that right key to unlock that leg, you know, her leg genetics, and then it just blow. she just, you know, explodes. And now she's, like, top five in the world out of nowhere. Um, <laughs> right. It's really crazy. Is that what you're I, I, We've, we've okay. talked about Michaela's sets many times. Dusty's brought it up many times. And, you know, it's, it's funny how we use the – we say, oh, she blew her legs up out of nowhere. But then if you stop and think about it, Watching her sets, it's not out of nowhere. It's, it's like impressive. she's doing it, doing these sets that most people cannot string together. Like I say, that I say everyone can train super hard today, mm-hmm. but yeah, to yeah. train the way she trains tomorrow and the day after <laughs> and the day after, and then next week for legs again, and then Wednesday again, and then Thursday yeah. again, and then Saturday again, and leg pressing again. Like the stringing that together, that's what. That's what builds these like ridiculous physiques that you know we're seeing mm-hmm. at your level is just the consistency and the ability to do it over and over and over again. You know, do you do you ever like I, I was training yesterday and I, I had a bit of a quad injury, so I just went in and did hamstrings. And I was, you know, w- working on my hips in between sets and trying to stretch out my quad. You know, I, you know, you're you're not at your your best, you know? And I thought, ah, I'm not training that hard today. And then I kind of laughed and I'm like, wait a minute. I've done six sets to absolute failure with perfect form. My hamstrings are completely engorged with blood. Like they're just swollen. I can't even bend my leg 90 degrees. But it's just that we're so used to performing high quality sets that it's it's not hard for us to do that. Now you just like flip a switch and it – to us, it almost seems like we're just training. Like, ah, I just trained some hamstrings today. But to the average person, that that would be like a completely mental hamstring workout. They'd be sore for like weeks, you know? Yeah. So mm-hmm. like, we, it's the way that we perceive things is sometimes, you know, it takes somebody to watch from outside and be like, man, this is, you know what I mean? Like we just get so no, used I to No, I know it. exactly what you mean. You know, another thing I, I like to think about is it kind of takes time to get there, you know? Like that doesn't, you like, I met like I thought I trained hard like you know five ten years ago, and at that time I was in my mind and you know perceivably I was training hard, but uh, that 
me from back then trying to do a workout from today, it, it wouldn't be the same, to yeah. be quite honest with you. Like, mm-hmm. And I think it takes time to build up like that that ability to push yourself that far, you know? Yeah, it's well, like, what would you normal. say it is the, um, not for you, because I feel like you're so advanced. If you were trying to describe to someone who's trying to get where you are, how do you get yourself in the mental space before every set? You know, you hear that like from your clients. I'm sure you get, I had an off day today mm-hmm. and it's like so off. I'm like, well, where was your head? Like, I don't really have, how, does, how is it that? That's what I'm saying. Like, how did like, it shouldn't happen. So like, is there a way that you suggest to your clients like prior to a set or prior to a workout or both to make sure they're in there to do work and really locked in? It's tough, man. I feel like I, I may be so removed from like what an a, like an everyday person may be going through. Like, cause you know, I wake up, I eat breakfast, and I go straight to the gym. Like, I have that that luxury in life. I don't like my whole life is kind of focused on bodybuilding. So even when I get questions like, "How do you go to the gym when you're not motivated?" Well, I'm like, well, if I don't go, then I don't have a roof over my head. You know, you know, <laughs> that's <laughs> motivation. It's the same. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So it's like a, it's like a job. Same way someone, you know, you may not want to go do your job, but you want to eat. You want all these other things. So, you you know, mm-hmm. you go because there's a reason there's a, a big enough priority you know, to go. Um, but when it comes to to like every like going in the gym and, and, you know, pushing a set one, I think having a training partner has, has been very, very helpful. Like I'm not going to waste Joe's time in sandbag ever in the gym, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, having that accountability is always helpful. Um, but I really typically don't need a whole lot at this point. Like, um, I think I've been able to like, it's kind of like if, sorry to explain, but, um, when you've had a really, really hard experience and then you, you move on from that experience and nothing in life is quite as hard, you know, or you can deal with that, mm-hmm. that obstacle, any obstacle on that level pretty easily from that point. So, you know, once you've had enough hard sessions in the in the tank, I think that it, you don't really have to think about like having to for me, at least I don't have to think about turning a switch on or anything like that. When mm-hmm. I get into when I get into under the machine, when I get under the bar, just it's just easy. I just know what to do, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's a tough question Not for me. <laughs> it's a tough I question remember- in general. You know, we, we, it's a question remember, we ask yeah. on the podcast all the time. It's like we've never been able to truly answer, you know, what is intensity? How do you turn it up? It's you, you can teach somebody my, how to train, but, you know. My thing is, like I said earlier, it's the skill. So, like, I don't expect a person to be, you know, first time or, or even the first couple of times in the gym to be able to do what I do. What I would want for them to do is to be a little better each time they hit the gym. Yeah. You know, because eventually it'll get there. If you're better each and every single time, then eventually you're going to be able to hit test to failure like like that. You know, every single time you hit the gym, you know. I wanted to ask you, um, what did you think? I mean, I, you know, in hindsight, what did you think of how Bumstead looked this year? I think he looked great. I think he grew a lot. I think that was another big thing. I don't know. I don't know what the numbers were, if he, you know, anything like that. But I think he looked great. I know he had the bicep injury. Um, it wasn't really noticeable, to be honest with you. Luckily, his biceps weren't that great to begin with, so having an injury wasn't a right. big deal. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> but no, it was I funny because I actually just great. thought I just thought his biceps looked a little bigger. 
but I didn't, and, and, and the shape, and it, you know, the shape was just, I just thought, ah, yes, but there, is, there wasn't anything weird about his arms, you know what I mean? So it just yeah. it was one of those things. It didn't really matter. I think um, he might have, I think uh, conditioning wise, I think Hani brought him in probably um, a little better than um, Ian did. But, I, you know, I totally understand that with Ian competing at the Olympia and also trying to prep someone at the Olympia, it can be, you know, really difficult and stressful for both of them. Wow. So. They- they did. They did okay. They did okay as a pair. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, what, what? How did you feel? You know, um, obviously you weren't. Obviously you didn't get the result you were looking for. But how did you feel about how the fans and everyone had your back after? And and you know you still had your support and 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 all that stuff. I mean, how how did you feel after the show when when you got kind of the love from everybody and the feedback and all that stuff? No, I thought it was great. You know, um, going into the show, I was a little nervous. You know, um, each and every show, you're a little nervous, you know, with stuff like that. How are things going to go if things don't pan out the way you want them to? And um, I just had to kind of have faith in the people around me um, that it wouldn't change much. Um, And I'm real big on, like, Looking at, I'm I'm a big history buff, so like I look at guys like, you know, Dexter Jackson, who was, you know, he won one and you know never won one again, but people still loved him, you know, people still called him the blade. So, um, and even if you look at guys like you know Kai Green, where is he never won a, a a title, but arguably he was more popular than you know most Miss Olympias, you know, in history. So mm-hmm. I, I didn't think that would it would affect me too much. Um, it's definitely a goal of mine to win. Um, I definitely want to do that before I'm done, but, um, you know, you never know how your, your journey is going to go, you know. Is there any carryover? How do I word this? So, for example, watching Clarita win the 212 when yeah. he's technically the smallest guy, do you do you find any motivation or any sort of like spark in that you're that you're, you're in classic and you're kind of the smallest framed guy and, and there's a lot of parallels there. Does that motivate you? Like I can win this. You know, it's funny. Uh, I was a big fan of Sean even before I turned pro. I remember I was one of the fanboys asking him in his DMs like, Hey, how do you get sponsors? You know? Um, <laughs> <Right>. So <laughs> I've always been a fan of, of, of Sean. Um, and to be quite honest with you, like it's it's def a hundred percent very a hundred percent motivating, and like even with him, you know, winning the two twelve is probably the smallest two twelve guy, but even winning the um the was it the legend show? Uh, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yep. Um, is the you know as the smallest guy in the open? I'm like it's it's highly impressive, and I still I still get comments every day. You know, I didn't realize that I was the shortest guy in classic, but I think I might be <laughs> um, mm-hmm. like at the Olympics. <laughs> right. It just dawned on me this year. I was like, holy shit. All right. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, um, people, I, I get it every, every Q and a, like, do you think, um, it's unfair for you to compete because you're just, you know, is it unfair for shorter guys? And I'm like, no, I mean, you got guys like I'm, you know, I've won the honor twice. I've placed second at the Olympia twice. It's not how, how is that unfair? Literally every other person that has, who isn't first place has lost to me. How would it be unfair? 
You know, how is it unfair right. when you got Sean Carita winning all these shows? You got Hattie now, one of the shortest Miss Olympias ever. You know, I don't, I, I get tired of people. Um, I don't like a victimhood or a victim mentality, you know. Hmm. I think you should believe that anything is possible, you know. What are some of the things that you think people can do to help their mentality in that way? Let's say someone, you know, we all, <clears throat> we all, we all know those people. They're, they're, they're good people. We'd like to see them do well. But every time we talk to them, they've got something that they're really complaining about. Like there's this obstacle they have in their head. You know, like, oh, well, you know, if I wasn't this height, you know, I might be able to do like they're they're starting from that point. Mm-hmm. They've got they've got the, the the hurdle is like built into the front end of their goal. And it, it, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? True. Like, like it's a great. It, <laughs> what do you say to people to just change that narrative? Like, get that out of your head. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, I don't know. I mean, you must have had to have done a bunch of that. I think. um the easiest way just in like if we look at like human history, the easiest way to get over something like that is to look back and see if it's been done before. You know, every time in the sport, the first time someone does something, then everyone starts to do it, whether it's, you know, track or basketball, mm-hmm. whatever sport it may be. Anytime someone's the first, it very quickly is kind of like the norm, you know, to be able to do that right. that that uh record, you know. So I would say that's the first thing. <clears throat> Um, outside of that, man, I think very, cause I think of like things like what can someone do? Like what's the actionable thing someone can do? And I highly believe that like, just like we train our, our bodies, we need to train our mind, our, our minds, you know, some people just have it naturally where they just know how to be, how to act, all those things. But the people who don't, um, just like anything else, if you're struggling with something, you work on it, right? So, right. you know, self-help books, you know, motivational things, anything like that is is a good pathway to go down, you know. Um, I think that's very important, like not just like once a month or something like that, but just, you know, every a couple minutes every day. Um, mm-hmm. Even like we have research that says like gratitude journals, just spending like a couple minutes a day saying this is what I'm thankful for. Because honestly, you're most likely this person, if they're doing bodybuilding, then life isn't that fucking bad. They, they got money to do bodybuilding, you know? Yeah, right. Uh, so, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. They, they have some things to be grateful for. Uh, but those are the biggest things I would say um, each and every day. Mm-hmm. But back to it's, the Olympia, uh, it's something that, that yeah. I felt watching the show. First off, you didn't get to do your routine, which ruined my life for the night um i forgot about that yeah that sucked but but with that do and and i know this seems like a question that i can answer for you but i really want to know your opinion which is so we go to the show mutant bought us all seats they were over 200 dollars a piece and there wasn't a show i really feel like i mean and you know when i like you were saying about kai and back in the day and lavroni and all these guys used to go to the Olympia and the guys put on a show, not necessarily dancing or whatever, but everyone had, a, there was effort put in, you know what I mean? Yeah. Even a guy like Ronnie, who wasn't the greatest poser, he had a plan. I feel like the pro level, the Olympia level, has dropped down to turn music on and hit your mandatories. Like, mm. what do we have to do? And, and do you think they should get a little more exact on making posing matter? Because I gotta be honest with you, when, 
we're at the show. I appreciated Mutant paying for it. And I thought to myself, I would have rather go to a Vegas show because, sure, the outcome was fun, but I could have got that on Instagram later and I could have put that $250 towards a show that would have had me going, oh, wow. What are yeah, your thoughts? Yeah. No, I agree. And I, I've, I've said this before where I think, like, for the Olympia to grow, like, it's on its audience a little bit more then it needs to be more like a show you know in some in some mm-hmm. way or shape or form uh, it's tough to kind of get that done the way they structure things right now like even mm-hmm. the the um the press conference is very last minute like we get there and then right before we get on stage they're like oh, okay this is what i like i didn't know what was going on when i got backstage for the press conference and then you know, they cut us off like halfway through, so even yeah. that was wasn't done properly. You know, so um, I think a little bit more planning on that end is 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 very important. Like I get like the stage is is important, the prize money is important, but I, uh, the most imp- no one no one in the in the in the you know in the crowd cares about how much money the athletes are getting paid. To be honest with you, you know that's no one's coming to the show because oh they get to see this guy get a big check. They want to come to the show, you know, to see something interesting and something fun. So I would say the best way to do that is through your routines. Make those routines mm-hmm. more interesting. And, like, I've had a couple of times where I've gone, like, you know, for the Arnold, I wanted to do a routine with another guy. Um, I, I, me and him were local. Um, he's another good poser. I wanted to choreograph something together to be really interesting. And I was like, look, I know you guys are doing prize money thing. If we need to forfeit that because there's two people, that's fine. I just want to put on a good show. And then they turn me down. Hmm. So I don't know what it's going to take to kind of to kind of get to that point where we can can do a little bit more with the routines or even have a better a better production with the routines. Like, I think it would be cool. I know I'm going on a tangent here, but I think it would be cool if we were required to maybe turn in our music a little earlier. And then we had a light show that actually matched the music in the song, like a like a like a, a concert, you know. In a concert, the lights match the the music. So even right. something like that simple with like elevator routine, even if the routine's not the best, um, you can make it better by doing something like that. Like I know people have seen my routines, um, like I call them like the music video routines, where uh, me and Paul Hub would put together once a year. Yeah. Um, a lot of the routines aren't very complicated. They actually are a little simpler, so he can kind of do all the cool camera work, camera work and lighting and stuff. And that's mm-hmm. what makes that that's what makes those really cool, you know. So even so, just saying that because you don't need the most complex routine to make it interesting if you got like cool stuff around it. Mm, a little but, more preparation ahead of time yeah. with the stage production could take that average routine and elevate it. That's cool. Another exactly. another thing that that stuck out that st- sticks out to me is, um, uh, as you know, a longtime watcher of bodybuilding, it really irritates me when the you know you're you're sitting maybe you're at the back row so you're watching the big screen that goes down the side. You just want the camera to just stay <laughs> yeah. on the guy head to toe for the whole time he's on stage. Like Terrence Ruffins comes out. And you just want the camera to lock on him from the front and just shoot that and have it up on both those big screens the entire time you're doing your posing routine. Yeah. But, you know, the camera's jumping, side shot, you know, there's a hamstring, there's a calf, just the calf. (laughs) Just the calf. (laughs) 
you know, or just your face while you're, sh you know, you could tell you're looking down, flexing your leg and the camera's on like your face, <laughs> like, <laughs> just like, like, just that yeah. sort of like not understanding. It's almost like there's a little, there's still a little bit of a disconnect between what's actually important to the viewer sitting in the seats and the people running the cameras and the show. Well, but they're acting like you're, you, you could have possibly just wandered in there and had no idea what you were watching and just dropped 300 bucks on an impossible seat to get. I'm like, everyone there knows what bodybuilding is. You do not have to do that. It's the same at the Arnold every year where the guy comes out and goes, this is the round. I'm like, motherfucker, everyone knows what this round is. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> like, no one in this room doesn't know what's happening right now. That's a very right, right, right. good point. Yeah. 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 So I know and you wanted to talk some about business too, Terrence. Uh, and I know that you've, you've been building a lot in the last year or so. Can you tell us a little bit about that? What's been going on on that front? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's obviously I'm I'm still learning. I I'm nowhere near an expert. I just like to talk about it just to you know I love it. Share with people what's going on, you know, kind of like the life of like a, a pro bodybuilder and like you know how we kind of go through life and make money and things and um <clears throat> yeah, I recently started a, a coaching company, Iron Eating Coaching, um about 3 months ago. Um and it's been great. It's been great so far. Um Originally, before that, I uh, was working with Fit Body Fusion. Um, it's mainly a bikini coaching team, but they brought me on as the head male coach to bring on more men. And um, that was a really, really awesome experience. Um, I ne negotiated like just getting 5% of um, the coaching cost of every male that joined. Huh. Um, so that was a nice little you know, extra bump, too. Um, I just got to a point where I was like, okay, well, I maxed out on my clients. You know, I could keep making the 5% from each new person. But I was like, well, what happens when I, I want to retire or something like that? Then none of this is mine and yeah. you know, things like that. So um, I ended up leaving. And they were really big. They sponsored every single national, every every single show that can get you a pro card. They sponsored that. They sponsored the Olympia, every Arnold. Um, they sponsored a lot of the, the production companies that held shows like Tim Gardner. Every show he runs, they sponsor. Every show Joe, Joe Piscula runs, they sponsor. And a few shows on the uh, West Coast as well. Um, I forget the company mm -hmm. name, but um, they're really big. And uh, now, you know, I'm starting from scratch. I'm starting from my own thing. And it's, it's definitely hard. And also doing that while I was in prep for the Olympia was very difficult. Um, good and bad. Good in, yeah, good Good in the sense of like a lot of eyes are on the business. We got a lot of, of business very upfront, but like the initial energy it takes to, to to start up a business was a lot. And, you know, I'm working, you know, I was working like 12 plus hours a day, um, getting all the things we needed in order and um, learning how to hire people and fire people and manage people has been really, really tough. But I, I really enjoy it, to be honest with you. It's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, yeah. And um, what, what I had are you to doing that's different on the on the backside? Because I think when a lot of people listen to this, they're going to be like, "Oh, I have a coaching company too," which means I have an email address and people <laughs> I write diets. Like, you know, explain because I actually know the other business uh, well. I know some people that are work over there. But what are you doing on the back end that requires upfront twelve hours a day work? Okay. Okay. Um, so 
we have five coaches at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. I have um, a I would call him like a VP. I hired a company that kind of that has all the people I need. Um, we mm-hmm. have a, a social media strategist to help us get content ideas to make sure the coaches are posting. Because if it's just me posting, it makes it very difficult for clients to want to work with other coaches. So sure. making yep. sure the coaches are, are upfront and because people, it's a good thing with the business to be you know in a spot that I'm in to like, but it's also very difficult at the same time. You know, I get yeah, a lot of, of people. Um, I get a lot of leads, a lot of people inquiring about the business, but having them work with other coaches is a little bit more difficult than, say, maybe uh, Fit Body Fusion was kind of their model. Um, right. So we have a, a content strategist. I have a, a marketing director who has been helping me get email marketing campaigns going. So um, we have that. We, we figure that out, and I have to shoot about 40-ish videos for all the different touch points we have for everyone you know if they they complete this part but not the second part if they've done this part um if they completed the journey if they um were a client at one point and you know it's just a lot of different touch points you know they have to shoot videos for mm-hmm. we have a uh, have an automations guy who's making it easier for me which is really nice i think the, the obviously the best way to scale a business is to have more systems in place you know where you don't have to look at it every single day so um, I've been been learning a lot from that um, from him. Whereas you know when people sign up, they're automatically sent the welcome packet, you know, and the the steps to get started with the the uh, coaching software. We have a new coaching software we had to switch to, which is a pain in the ass. Um, moving like you know hundreds of clients over to a new system, and then there's issues with the system as well <laughs> since it's newer. Always we, is. <laughs> yeah. So that's the pain. Um, we're building a community um, some platform soon um, because, I, you know, the way the world is going with AI and all that, I've been really interested in that. Um, mm-hmm. Very soon, what coaches do, um, obviously, like with, with bodybuilding, it's a little different because we have the, the anabolic component. I don't think AI is at that point at all, but just the diet and nutrition and lifestyle clients are usually – the majority of people's coaching business, to be honest. Sure. Mm-hmm. You, um, especially if you want to grow a, a large one. Um, but AI is going to be able to do that very soon. I mean, tip, we already got like very simple things that can build out a, a, a meal plan already. And it's just mm-hmm. only going to get better. So the, the, the key to keep people interested is building connections and building communities. So we're working on that. We have mm-hmm. the film content for that as well. You know, to have people say it can't just be like another Instagram. You know, there needs to be a value component outside of um, just, oh, I get to talk to people on the team, you know. So we're working yeah. on content for that. Um, there's a lot. And then we just, there's things like um, lead, genera- lead generation um, resource materials. So building out free resources for people so there's a lot of different things that i've, I've had to kind of learn and work on and then there's like the finance and the finance side of things where I, which i suck at so i've been having to learn a lot about that and it fucked right. me over because um speaking about the hiring and firing and the finances like i had a person that didn't align with the company very well and um i overpaid them and uh, that was, you know, then they started asking me for my money. Then I went back and looked. I'm like, hey, I, I overpaid you like a thousand bucks. Like, Ooh. you know, I'm not, you know, it's 
<laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, it's a learning process for sure. Um, and then, you know, as a team, you know, obviously in the beginning, I can't hire out everybody to do everything. You know, I don't have the, the resources yeah, for the fun. Sure. Yeah. That's and your, then your I time also, is your resource right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think, too, it's important for me to kind of learn those different jobs, you know, to, a little bit. So, like, I can know oh, if someone's sure. not doing it right. You yeah. Um, let let, let so, me ask yeah. you this on the learning front with the business. How much did you learn during your prep? Because you've never had to do this much when you were in prep before. <laughs> yeah. Is that experience going to help you a ton for next year? Because I don't think most people have been in that spot uh, where – not, you're not just going to work, but you're literally learning new things, which means you're mentally stressed, you're exhausted, all these other things, and you're doing that while you're at the Olympia level. Um, what have you taken away from that, those last you know, couple months or whatever of prep that you go, okay, these are the mistakes I made in that. How can I be better? Um, because obviously you don't want to be less than you are on stage and you also don't want to be a, bi- a mediocre business owner so what do you what are you figuring out with that it's a good question that is a good question so i think it i'm hoping you know part of me hopes that it won't be as crazy next year but then i start to realize I'm like, oh, this it always will <laughs> it never stops um so <laughs> i think um being more um this time I'm more aware of what's going to become a, you know, what's going to be happening. Mm-hmm. So I'm um, just letting, just communicating with my team. Like, Hey, um, the last two weeks I'm going to be busy and having the right people in place to kind of get things done. If it needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Uh, on top of that, yeah, this prep I had, um, I, I, I put too much on my plate for sure. Mm-hmm. I had a coach come into town and I thought I'm like, Oh, um, I'll be able to, you know, do some content with them. And then also, whatever that didn't plan out very well mm-hmm. um and then on top of that there's the stress like i like i found out that this coach was like um what was it uh, doing some things that weren't in line with the business so um i wanted to fire them like two three days before the olympia but i didn't want the added stress you know because i didn't know how they mm-hmm. were, were going to respond so um just even having just like okay i need to fire this person after the show was kind of kind of shitty yeah. Uh, so just not putting myself in those positions to kind of um, have any business stress kind of happen those last you know two weeks or so, at least at least a week before the show, but ideally like two weeks. The the real I mean part of the reason I asked was you got to compare it to the first time you've ever gotten really really in good shape, right? Everyone remembers the first time they got nasty and you're just not ready. You don't realize what it's going to feel like to find out that your hamstring is what lifts your leg up because hmm. you've never been <laughs> so tired that you've realized like, oh, that muscle is what lifts my foot. Yeah. Um, but once you've experienced that, the next time you're ready, you're like, oh, okay. Hmm. And every show after that, I mean, we all know like it's terrible. But when, when you talk to an experienced pro about their prep, they're like, that's oh, prep. Like, yeah, it is what it is. You know, that's what will happen to your business as well is every prep. Because that's why I was teasing. Like, it doesn't ever stop. But your ability to know what's coming, like when the wheels fall off, you go, oh, there they are. I was wondering when that was going to happen. Yeah. Like, it doesn't even <laughs> yeah. affect you. You're like, okay. Yeah. You know, so, so it, it will be a lot easier for you. Like, it's funny. But even if shit was worse next time, 
yeah. won't feel it because you're going to kind of be adapted. So I'm excited to see just because I, I love watching this. And when Scott told me about the business side, it's something I, I feel like more people should see because you got a lot of young athletes dreaming of being where you are. And their thought is, I just need to survive until I get where Terrence is, and then I'll be rich, and it won't matter. <laughs> and now they're, they're, they're hearing you in the heart of it. I mean, you know, I don't think anyone on this podcast disagrees that you are one or two in the world. I don't really give a shit about one show. You're yeah. number, you know, mm -hmm. you're fighting for number one in the world of what you do, and you're building a business while doing it. And I just want more people to catch that, like. This is not the time for Terrence to relax. It's the time to go all in and cash in on who you are on stage. So there's yeah. something to retire to. You know hmm. what I mean? Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. And that's what I, that's kind of the reason why I thought about that. Like I thought, you know, again, like history wise, I see all these pros um, building businesses after they retire and like they may be kind of moderately successful or a lot of them actually fail, but, um, I definitely think like if you're able to build something while you're you're going through the process, then that's when you can really, really take advantage and capitalize on that on that success, um, because it's crazy how just how quickly once you retire, um, how much like people just stop caring. Oh, dude. and that's not. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> You we know, know. Look at us bodybuilding too. moves Jeez, so next. fast, you know, bodybuilding moves so fast. They they'll forget, you know, in a, in a year, you know, where 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 you know. that guy was, you know, Dust, exactly. Dusty and I have had to humiliate ourselves weekly on this podcast. <laughs> irrelevant at all. This constant it's, humiliation. It's a little hard of for us we never mattered, but whatever. <laughs> you know, it would have been great if we could have built this while we were still competing. So they're stuck here with me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I do love the, you know, like, I think one of the big misconceptions with a lot of people is like, oh, he's a pro bodybuilder. That's what he does for a living. Yeah, yeah. It's like, no, no, he's spending his whole day like building like other shit, like f frantically working on other stuff. And when he's doing his cardio, like he's on his phone on the stepper and he's fucking, you know, sh shoveling his meal while he's returning messages and he's doing calls while he's driving to the gym. And like they don't realize what is going on. Like I think some people, you know, we talk a lot on this show about the people that don't have a hobby or they, they just work their nine to five and they just, mm -hmm. that's, they're just kind of content and they think that's how it works. And, and you know, someone like you, that's just constantly, constantly working and chasing something and trying to build something. And I think that's good for people to hear it. You know, I, you're not just a pro bodybuilder, like pro bodybuilding doesn't pay you shit, right? It's like, very you rare. have to, you have to like go out there and make this stuff happen. And, really and I think that's, that's great. I'm, I, I love the fact that that message is, is a big part of what you're telling us. You know, like I remember, I don't, I don't know if it's still true or not, but I remember I, I trained with Nick maybe like two years ago and I, I had in my mind too, like everybody builder, <laughs> everybody builder has something going on, <laughs> but um, he was like, oh yeah, I just bodybuild and it shocked me. I was like, holy shit, there's still bodybuilders and they, obviously he's asked the sponsorship and, and you know, he has to take photos and videos, but honestly, that's within his normal day of being a bodybuilder. But like 90, 99%, 95% of bodybuilders have a different, you know, source of income, you know, outside of just lifting weights and things. And, you know, um, yeah, yeah. So it, it's interesting that like that's very – I remember when um, SciTech was the big company that was still kind of like old school and 
I remember when they dropped Cedric McMillan and that was kind of like a, a moment for me. I was like, wow, this is like the last bodybuilder who was just paid to be a bodybuilder. Huh. Like, because, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was like, holy shit. It's like an end of era. I remember when I first got into it, like they still had these six figure contracts. Um, I remember in 2000 and well, 13 or 14, Nick Trujillo signed with Muscle Mass and it was a huge deal. And um, he was like the last amateur to get one of the last amateur bodybuilder to get one of those six figure contracts. And I'm like, you know, it's really crazy kind of how like things were just like, you know, 20 years ago where you could be making good money if you're one of the best. But even now, if you're one of the best, um, that doesn't guarantee you to make money these days. Yeah. Yeah. And even if you could, I think the smartest people are still doing something else, you know, on on top of that. I remember last time we talked, you were doing a lot of traveling, like I, I with posing and stuff. I think you were, if I recall, was it Japan you had gone out to? I went to Korea. Korea, yeah, yeah. Korea. So how does how does that kind of stuff figure into what you're doing now? I'm trying to I'm trying to get a handle on that, um, but uh, that's how I made a lot of my money. I've, a lot of my money back then was I, I would do those events, and it was it was a it became a bit much, you know, I was traveling like 30 plus weekends a year Yeah, and Ooh. it was very fun for a while. But then I got it's to a point where um, I spent last Christmas just hanging out by myself because I had traveled like eight weeks before, yeah. like each eight weekends before Christmas. And then I was going to be gone for another four weekends after Christmas. And I was like, I don't want to go home because even though I want to see my family, I don't want to travel anymore. I just couldn't you know, mm-hmm. do it. So um, that was kind of like the point for me where I was like, I don't want to travel anymore as much, at least as much. Yeah. Um, I had set this goal for myself. I was like, um, the first year um, I kind of got into the traveling thing. I was like, I want one event every month. And I, I, I got probably like two events a month. And then I told myself I want two to three. <laughs> and then it became way too much. Way, yeah. way too much very quickly. So um I remember for the Arnold last year, I uh, was traveling. I traveled like six weekends in a row, and I had the last two weekends at here and um, at home before that that Arnold. So yeah, uh, I got it done. But yeah, I was like, this is not the way to do it. You know, that's um, wild. It yeah, takes. Yeah, I remember, I mean, you're you're trading time for money, which means mm-hmm. it runs out. There's a cap with what you're doing now. There, there, you can always add another trainer, add ten more trainers, add thirty more trainers, add a new, you know, a new app. There's endless things that once they're put into motion, don't require your time anymore. At least not as much. Yeah, it's like personal training. You know, I, I used to work sixty hours a week personal training, and then I was like, okay, I can't work sixty. I'll work fifty, but I'll start pairing people together. Then the number will go up. It still becomes I can only work so many hours. Yeah. You know, so you can only go so high. So I, I love the the mentality you're putting into it because it really will be endless because there's things that are you're going to figure out or ideas you're going to have where in five years you're going to look back at your business when you started and be like, is this even the same business? You know, it's, it's exciting. I, I think you'll be shocked at how much fun that side is for you. And it'll mm-hmm. actually take stress off of bodybuilding because you don't need the money. You know, I mean, yeah. it'll truly be like fun to bodybuild with no stress. Yeah. I'm excited. 
you know, I, and you know, when I I, I decided to, to to start this business, I um, what I did was again, like I I didn't quite think about like you know, I was invest, you know, the time thing you mentioned. Mm-hmm. But I I knew that like I didn't have enough of it, so like I I um, I got rid of two sponsorships. Um, there's still great people like Tough Raps was one, and then I can't remember I can't think of the other at the moment. But um, because I knew I was like this is too much going on my mind. I already have you know two other sponsorships that pay really well, and even though this one is paying me a, a decent amount, I think that time could be better spent you know on myself yeah. and. Yeah. Um, I, and then when I left Fitbody, I, you know, obviously I lost that that percentage I was getting as well. So I took a big pay cut. I was I was really happy. I was at like two hundred, a little over two hundred thousand dollars a year at that point. And then I nice. dropped back down to maybe like like a little over a hundred. And mm-hmm. um, I dropped down. That's to a, a huge 100, drop. And then. And I was super, you know, because each and every year my goal was to 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 double my income. That was my goal, and I, I got to that point where it's like I don't see how I could do it, you know, mm-hmm. anymore. And so um, this is my attempt to kind of get back there and and to surpass it. And right. um, I've even and even to the point where I have to invest a lot more, you know, into this business where I have more bills. I have to pay this team. Yep. Um, yeah. I, you know, I, I've reached the same amount of. The, the coaching team that I have, we've reached the same. We've reached more clients than I've I've, I've ever had. Um, mm-hmm. But um, obviously, they take a percentage of that, so it's not the same amount of money that I was yeah. getting with just coaching a large amount by myself. Um, there's a lot of interesting things that you know that are happening. That, I, like you said, it's, it's really exciting. And then on mm-hmm. top of that, you know, I realized I was talking to my 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 friend um, last week. I was like, I you know, I have this amount of money. Um, you know, there's, I have, and there's, I can only spend it in one place. I can either take another coaching course or I can take this, um, Alex Hermosi business course. And he's, yeah, he's coming, he's coming to Tampa, uh, May 4th through the 6th. So I I spent $1,200 to go to his Mm -hmm. course to learn from him. So, and I, that's what I did when I first started, um, competing. I mean, when I started coaching, I, I spent way more money than I had on uh, learning from Austin Stout. <laughs> yep. I don't know if you've ever, yeah. So um, mm-hmm. I spent money on John Jewett's course. I, I you know, I, I heavily believe in like investing in yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what are some that, of the uh, what are some of the things that you can take from this year with how your year went, business wise and Olympia wise? What are some things that you're going to take into this 2023 now as like big markers of, of what you definitely don't want or do want to happen? Okay. Um, I've gotten a lot better at time management, like squaring off time and, and just focusing on one thing. I think that's very important. Um, even with my meals, like um, when the, at the very beginning of my, my prep, I was trying to eat and work at the same time. And then I would finally finish my meal and then it would be time for my next meal, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I made an, uh, an agreement with myself where when, my, when it's time to eat, it's time to eat, I eat, and then I get back to work. And that's the way I do things. Uh, I've read this book called One Thing. 
And he says people aren't very good. Even though we think we're good at multitasking, we really suck at it. Hmm. And all we've heard that too. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So we just uh, wind up doing a mediocre job of multiple things. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And I'm like, holy shit, that is exactly what I'm doing. Hmm. So um, that's one big thing is when I'm focusing on something, focus completely on that. Um, Recently, I've started really like um, the past January, I've been slacking on like the social media stuff and like, just last week, I was like, okay, let me devote like four hours to this. And then I put, I, I filmed out eight videos in, in that time. And I'm like, okay, this is awesome. I just need to do this like three days a month. And I have everything I need for the month, you know? Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, so I, I realized, I'm like, okay, this 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 um, intention, this really focused and driven intention is, is really beneficial for me. That's probably the biggest thing I've, I've really learned this year. Especially, Um, especially too, like being an independent business person, you know, I can relate from both managing the podcast and managing clients. Like you can, I can get caught up in that same thing where you're just trying to do all these different, it's not like you go to a job and you just do your job for eight hours. You know what I mean? It's like you're managing several different things all at once. And if you're not organized with it, you like, you don't, you don't get anything done. I can see everything you're saying, man, I'm kind of feeling inspired right now to, to check out that. What's the name of that book? One thing. Um, one thing I got to see who was by. I'll, 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 I'll find it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I'll, I'll find it. Yeah. So um, how long you, you mentioned AI earlier. <laughs> and uh, we were actually talking about chat GPT in the last episode. Yeah. And uh, what, have you been on that? Have you tried it out? Honestly, um, I've been using a little bit of AI recently to kind of help me um, just be more efficient. It's pretty, it's, in, it's insane. Like, I've, I really did a deep dive just because I was a little worried and also a little curious. <laughs> there, yeah. I, right now. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people are a little worried. <laughs> <laughs> really like honestly like overnight chat gpt destroyed like a couple jobs like it destroyed like copywriting and like all Copyright that, like, that whole career it's done um even to the point where graphic designing like you could still get a graphic designer because it's a little easier to communicate with them but if you're not super particular in what you want you can get an ai to do it like to design your thumbnails to design your logos to do all that stuff it's it's a, like again, it's a little, it's a little scary. But then, at the same time, if you're smart, you'll know how to kind of take advantage of it. So I don't want to be like one of the people who are scared and just like shun it, and then it just pops up on me, you know? Yeah. Um, you ain't going nowhere. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not going anywhere. So, uh, yeah, I've been, I've watched like four or five podcasts on AI uh, in the past like two weeks. I've been sitting on chat GPT every morning for the last week while I'm eating my breakfast, just typing in random things, just trying to see what it says, like writing, write an, write a 500 word essay about Dorian Yates. And it just, did it do it? This, yeah. And it was really well done. I was like, Oh man, you could submit this to him. Like a, if you had to write an article, if your boss was like, do an article on Dorian for me, just copy paste done. Like a lot of people you know, use it for three minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a lot of people are stuff. using it for blog posts now. And yeah. the crazy thing I was mentioning earlier was like, I can. Um, there's this AI that can like, like do my face or whatever, and it can look like me. And and then um, I can have it type in stuff, 
and it can say it. It won't sound like me, but then there's another AI where I speak for I can speak the script or read the script for 20 seconds, 30 seconds, and then yep. it can reproduce my voice. So I pair those two together. Oh my and god! I can, and then and then I can pair in the the cop the Chat GPT, and then I can have the GPT make <laughs> uh, uh, a script and and give it to the other AI, and they can just say it. I don't have to do shit. Yep. And there's you saying it, talking it's your now. face and your voice. Yeah. yeah I'm actually like using fake. it right now. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I'm not on this show this at all. I don't have time for you guys. I'm at the so. gym. <laughs> I got the T1000 oh. doing the interview for me. Yeah. 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 yeah it's That's crazy. amazing. Well, I know we've had you for an hour. I wanted to ask you one thing I ask a lot of guests. What's one, just totally off topic before we let you go here, what's an Instagram account that you have a lot of fun following that people might not know about? Just something, you know, they think, oh, Ruffin's bodybuilder, Terrence Ruffin, bodybuilder, bodybuilder. But, you know, what else are you following that you might think is fun? I'll do three because they might be boring. So someone, one of them <laughs> might be interesting to somebody. Okay. Um, I follow the probably the most boring one I follow is like the event. I follow one called like abandoned houses. They just show pictures of abandoned places yeah. around the world. And it's like super interesting to me. Like, like, well, I don't know why, but I just love finding like, uh, like abandoned places and looking at them. Um, another one I follow is this, this one called like Asian boss news, which is just, they just ask, people in asia or sometimes america um just different questions like random questions like uh they came to america on the last one i saw and they just asked americans how many asian countries are there and no one knew but um and and then the third one might be let me see if i can think of an interesting one i feel like everybody abandoned Mm -hmm. uh, abandoned houses and Asian boss news? news. I've recently deleted a ton of them because I was like, man, I'm spending too much time on Instagram. Yeah, I can have found abandoned houses. <laughs> I found abandoned houses. That looks cool. I, I found um, Asian bosses nude, but I don't think it's what you're looking for. Wrong <laughs> 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 <Long> website. <laughs> this is awkward yeah. right now. Oh, Asian <laughs> boss media. Asian, Asian boss media. There we go. Okay. There we go. <laughs> There we go. That's Holy funny. shit. Yeah. Not, not news. Uh, <laughs> um, other than that, I follow the boring ones. Like I follow like uh, Valuetainment, Russell Brand's podcast. I'll follow oh, yeah. like um, some anime stuff here and there. Uh, okay. Movie stuff. I'm really into movies. Oh, like, um, you know, I train at Dave's gym. So um, he's got that new movie. Uh, Knock, knock, uh, cabin or knock at knock the knock cabin door. door. Yeah, the M Night yeah, Shyamalan yeah, yeah. movie. Yeah, so yeah, like I was really cabin. worried. Yeah, I was really worried because I'm like, holy shit, M Night, because M Night's been kind of sucking le- recently. So, but like, they still was gonna be good. So, um, I follow movie, anime, news, and shit like that. Yeah, nice. I love knowing you're a nerd. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's great stuff. That's funny. Well, thanks for that, man. Um, We appreciate your time. 
And uh, obviously, we wish you the best. You're one of our, like I said, one of the few people that's been on twice. So, uh, you know, big fans of you and uh, love seeing you slay people on stage. And uh, we want to see you up there again at your absolute best. A new and improved Terrence Ruffin at the next stop. Do you yes, have sir. what? What would be the next show for sure? Do you have? I don't have it set. Um, most likely in August. August. So there's like two shows. There's Tampa Pro, and then there's one in Texas. Cool. So um, not far from home then either. Easy to get to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just timing wise, it's really close to Olympia, so it makes sense. You know? Yeah. Right. We okay. we didn't ask okay. too. Um, what are your current sponsors, just so people can take a look and if you got any discount codes or whatever? Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, Flag Norfell, um, you know, owned by Rob Rob Medina and uh, Dana Forma. Mm-hmm. I'm a Miss Olympia, if you, if you, you know, that old. Yeah, the first. Yeah. Uh, the first. The first yeah. I personally <laughs> pay your sponsorship, champ. just so you know. Personally, you say what? I, pay it. I personally pay your sponsorship there by buying clothes off the website. So. <laughs> oh, so it's all he talks about. <laughs> yeah. Very expensive habit I have being on that website. <laughs> it's, you know, I like them, man. I like, I, I, you know, I think about shit like this. Like, um, I think about some of the, because, this is another thing, like, real quick, I know we're, we're running out of time, but, like, athlete-wise, choosing your sponsors can play a big deal on, like, um, how you, not how you do, like, competition-wise in the sport, but, like, who sees you, like, you know, um, how big oh, you yeah. can get. So, like, say, for instance, like, with uh, my wife, Tiffany, um, she's just signed with, like, LA, uh, no, Young LA. Great company, and yeah. Yeah, they're popular as hell. So that's just going to help her grow, like as opposed to her going with like a, a smaller, more niche company, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's some things like I didn't think about when I first started. Like, oh, shit, you know, maybe, yeah. you know, be a little bit more selective. But um, anyway, Flag Norfell is one. And then Rise. Rise is a, new, a newish supplement company. Uh, I think it's about five mm-hmm. years old. Um, started by uh, this guy named Nick and Joey Swole. Uh, he's no longer with the, with the company, but, um, I really like them and they're really like, it's really interesting what they're doing. And, um, th- it surprised me cause I thought raw might've been the number one company in uh vitamin shop, but rises huh. number one right. in vitamin okay. shop with like no major athletes, you know, um, they're yeah. going, you know, just based on how they, I really love it cause it's really transparent. Like every, they say, they say like. I saw an ad they did one time, like, you don't need supplements, but, you know, this is why you might take them. Or hmm. um, they're right. very honest with about the athletes, you know, um, these, yeah, we hire athletes that are, you know, are enhanced, but, you know, we're totally fine with it. We just want to be upfront with it. So That's cool. It, it's pretty cool how, like, transparent they are and how well, like, the community receives it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'm, uh, I know you're valuable because uh, people keep, you know, you, like you said, you had so many sponsors, you had to let some go. You don't have time for them. You must be, uh, you must be doing right by your sponsors if you got that many. So it's, uh, you know, it's good to see. But we're, 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 again, thankful for your time. I know, uh, you know, when you're running businesses and stuff, giving up an hour to talk to three meatheads is uh, much appreciated. So no, is there anything, fin- final words you want to say to the fans? Thanks for listening. Honestly, you know, um, thanks for keeping bodybuilding alive, you know, um, bodybuilding, you know, just watching shows isn't enough, you know, supporting things like this is important. So mm-hmm. thank you. 
That's cool. Yeah, awesome. I agree. There you go. Supporting our <laughs> show is important. Especially <laughs> this one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. It only works if well, you watch this one. Yeah. Remember, everybody, like, share, subscribe, comment, and ring the bell. And ring the bell. And remember, I am mutant.com. 20% off with Big Ron 20 or Dusty 20. You can get in there, get your stuff. They support the show, so we support them. Thank you very much. Thanks, Terrence. Appreciate You're it. Welcome. And look at that. There's the real star. The way. There's the real star. Okay. You, man. Thanks, man. And remember, uh-huh. it's just bodybuilding. Thanks, brother.